Hello there. Happy Friday evening for once. Um, I'm not in my home recording this. It's probably the first time I'm not recording a video episode within my normal spot down in Richmond in probably two, three, three months now. I have a clear background for those that watch on YouTube with my um, childhood room back at my dad's house as we're getting ready to go on vacation tomorrow. That is a, yes, my room was painted black and gold for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, no, you all cannot judge me for that. And that's for sure. But uh, we're continuing the player grade state with Marcus Pedersen, what the team should do with him over the offseason, how good was he this season, what should he work on going into next season if he is on the team. Also going to get into um, the Tina Murray announcement today as she is now the Senior Vice President of Integrated Performance, what that means for the Penguins moving forward. And also a thought on the Penguins-Flyers rivalry as John Tortorella officially took the Flyers' job today and – for the first time in potentially a long time, we could see the Flyers-Penguins rivalry um, come back um, this season. So those will be the three main topic points for today's episode. And that's all coming up right after this drop. Your Locked On Penguins. Your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, welcome back to another episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. I'm, of course, your host, Hunter Hodes. You can follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at Penguins. Of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the day. So let's keep chugging along here. You know, we're almost done, almost through the full team now uh, with the player season reviews. It's going to probably finish up right by the time um, free agency. It's probably a little bit before, but, you know, still a lot of draft uh, stuff coming up. Um, you know, one of my good buddies, um, again, I've shouted on so many times on the show, J underscore A155 Jason. Um, he's going to be coordinating me um, with, with, for, with a draft plan. Um, he's going to go over his big board with me. You know, I'll compare you know mine to his after you know I look at some of the players that could be in play at 21. And you know, that's probably going to be a full draft session. I don't think he's going to come on the show, but we're definitely going to compare and you know potentially have just a big a, a, just a big board episode that maybe goes. 40 to 50 minutes as like that big draft special right before that happens. So that's my main plan right now when it comes to the NHL draft. I know I did not really do a lot of draft content last year. I apologize for that. Um, again, you know, it's probably the one area where my expertise is not nearly as good as some other people who are very good at what they do with that. So, um, but but I still want to do, you know, incorporate, incorporate just at least a little bit of draft stuff because the Penguins, you know, they obviously have a first round pick this year. So, um, definitely want to see who could be in play here um, when that pick rolls around uh, when the draft is in um, a few weeks. But let's jump right into it. So continuing um, with the defense um, right now as we've done through basically all the forwards, let's get to Marcus Pedersen. So we've already done Brian Newman. We've done John Marino. So now let's do his partner, Pedersen. So at 5v5 this year, played almost 1,100 minutes. Um, pro- probably had his best season in terms of uh, Corsi. So when he was on the ice, Penguins had about 53.5% of the shot attempts per 60. That is a very good number. That is a career high for Pedersen. Um, he was 51.3, 51.8, 51.3 the last three years. Um, you know, I think a lot of that this year has to do with him mostly playing with Marino. Um, it's massive for him that he gets to play. Um, with a partner that just really understands his game 
I think. Um, goals for goals against 52.5% of those. Um, that's a little bit down from where it was last year. He was on the ice for 58% um, of the actual goals for per 60. Expected goals percentage, 54.4%. That's the highest number for his career so far. His second best one was in 2018-19 when he came over from the Anaheim Ducks. Um, when he was on the ice, the Penguins had 52.5% of the scoring chances. Um, he's been above 50% with that um, for four years in a row. High danger-wise, uh, 194, 148 against, 56.2, comes out to 56.2%. That's the second best number of his career outside of the 2019 season. High danger goals for 25, high danger goals against 23. And again, that's now five. Um, that's now every season that he's played in the NHL, um, his high danger actual goals for percentage is well over 50%. Now we go to um, hockey visits stuff with Michael Blake McCurdy. Um, even strength offense, again, that's not really his bread and butter. Uh, minus 0.13 expected goals for per 60. Um, a lot of blue around the net front. You know, that's that's not good. That means he, you know, he's generating less chances right there. You know, some red by you know the right far boards, the left far boards. But defensively, um, he's a rock. And that's mainly what he is known for. 0.22 expected goals against per 60 minutes. A whole blob of blue in front of the net. That's exactly what you want. There's really only a little bit of red towards like the sides of the net, but it's, it's very small. All, all the, all the other red is, you know, right up by the point and stuff. And, you know, he's, he's been great defensively ever since he came, you know, I know some people think he's soft or whatever in front of the net, but, you know, I've never really believed that opinion. Um, at least from what I've watched him, I thought, you know, his net front coverage has been fine. Um, obviously he, you know, he, he should have been, they should have had that penalty in game seven against the Rangers with Lafreniere. I will probably, Never let that go because if the if the ref actually calls that with um, six minutes left, I mean the Penguins probably win that game. The Rangers would only have four minutes left unless, of course, um, they score the shorthanded goal. But you know, I, I do think Pedersen is a player that's picked on a little too much by the fan base. I mean, you know, sure he's not going to wow you with his offense, though. I will say, you know, down the stretch and into the playoffs, he was looking like a modern day Paul Coffey with how he was handling the puck, and I'm like why haven't we gotten this for three to four straight years now? Um, it is definitely a little weird that it all of a sudden just came out of nowhere. And, you know, my only hope is that it continues going into next season. I know some really don't like his contract, but, you know, he makes $4 million for playing strong defense offensively. Yeah, it could use a little bit more, but, you know, I'm still fine with paying him $4 million. But, you know, the, the, the problem runs with this. Four million for Pedersen, four million for Marino, four million for Dumont. That's sixteen million right there in three players who are not good at driving offense. Again, I said this earlier this week. My dream defensive, you know, core. I want three players that can actually move the puck and generate offense. I want three players who, you know, maybe don't generate as much offense as the other three, but they're they're better defensively and they and they can be the shot suppressors. So suppressors, excuse me. And you know, Pedersen, he is that kind of player. You know, I, I, again, I would love for him to have that kind of offense that we saw at the end of the regular season where he was just using curl drags to beat defenders. Um, even in that series against the Rangers, he was ridiculously good with moving the puck um, up the ice and into the attacking zone. Um, I really can't think of anything negative um, that he was on the ice for. I, I thought he had a tremendous series. Um, uh, the, the numbers, I do uh, think mainly um, – Back that up here. Yeah, I mean, 56% of the shot attempts for the Penguins when he was on the ice, 56% of the actual goals, 60% of the of the expected goals 
Um, 54% of the scoring chances, 61% of the high danger chances only on the ice for two high danger goals against. Um, he was a rock. I mean, honestly, that pairing with Marino was so good in the playoffs. And that's one of the main reasons why I'm hesitant to move on from both of them and why I think I would rather see John Marino be the odd man out. I mean, Pedersen and Marino, that's the pairing that the Penguins can really throw out at anyone. And Mike Sullivan can be like, okay, you go out there and be our shutdown pairing and make sure nothing happens in the defensive zone. And that's exactly what they were during the regular season and the playoffs. And I think Ron Hextall realizes that. I don't think he's going to move either one of these players. Would I be shocked if he did? No, because I've been talking about that a lot too. But you know, in the back of my mind, my prediction right now is that I don't think both will, will be moved. Now, if you can find a taker maybe for Pedersen and actually get something valuable in return, you know, I would certainly be open to, especially if it's, you know, a young forward um, that's, you know, really ready to contribute in the NHL or um, a forward that has already contributed um, on a team um, in the NHL. So um, the Penguins will definitely have their options. I do think, you know, one of those three, four million guys is going to have to um, be off this team next year. I, you know, again, 16 million, um, oh, almost 16 million, geez. Um, 12 million, excuse me. Just forget what I said with the 16 million. I just, I don't know. This is why I was not a math major. Um, geez, that is just basic third grade level math. And I just totally screwed that up again. Anyways, $12 million. God, I corrected myself there. Um, it's, it, it, you know, it's the same concept though. It's too much, especially, you know, with a team that is cap strapped every year, team that always spends up, you know, to the ceiling and the family sports group is going to continue that for as long as Sidney Crosby's here and hopefully Evgeny Malkin and Chris Atang. So um, I was very um, happy with how Pedersen played this year. I thought he was a rock to be honest. And again, you know, I'll say it for the fifth time in the last three minutes. Um, if that offensive game can come back out, like we saw at the end of the regular season in the playoffs, um, you know, I, I think the Penguins could really be cooking with something there, but you know, he's a fine second pairing shutdown defenseman. Um, Nothing more, probably. And I, I thought he was one of their best defensemen this year. I think outside of Chris Letang and Mike Matheson, he was their third best defenseman out of everyone that played, um, at, at least in my opinion. So that wraps up this first segment of the podcast. Coming up in the second segment, we're going to get into um, that new Penguins announcement today and what that means going forward. But, but before we get to that, BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info. You can find all the latest sports developments, league reviews and news, including this year's NHL playoffs and Major League Baseball. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. It's the fastest and easiest way to check on all of your favorite sports events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. You can head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action that has been online where the game starts. All right, I'm back here on this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. You want to follow me on Twitter, Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. Um... So let's get into this this big announcement um, today from the Penguins. So um, Tina Murray was hired by the team to be their senior vice president of integrated performance. Um, in the press release, which I have right here, it says she will oversee the hockey operations, strength and conditioning staff, rehab, sports science and medical staff. She will also report directly to Ron Hextall. She spent the last four seasons with the Sacramento Kings, where she was the team's vice president of health and performance. Um, she also led a 
um, high performance team, including strength and conditioning with analytics, performance medicine, mental health, um, performance psychology, and performance nutrition. She has, she has over 25 years of experience working with professional athletes. Um, you know, this, this is a good move. And the, the big reason I say that is, you know, the Penguins injury curse has been very bad. Um, it's, it, it's, it's a problem. There's the Penguins did not play a game this season where they were fully healthy. They have probably not played a game when they were fully healthy in two to three years, um, at this point. And, you know, I, I hope that, you know, Tina is able to come in here and be like, oh, what the heck is going on? And, you know, I think a big thing that, you know, hopefully she'll put an end to is the players getting hurt during games. And this has been happening going back for a decade, I think, at this point. You know, they get hurt during games. They come out, and then they come back into the game, and then Mike Sullivan's like, oh, yeah, they're day-to-day, they miss three weeks. Or he's like, oh, yeah, he's week-to-week, he misses five to six weeks. Remember, Tristan Jari, when he broke his foot, when Anders Lee came uh, crashing into him, um, you know, he finished the game, looked totally fine, no one really noticed anything. Next day, um, you know, it says, oh, he's missing from practice. And it's like, oh, great. Maybe it's nothing. Mike Sullivan's like, yeah, he's, he's week to week with a, a lower body injury. And that comes after, I think it was um, either Pony or a you know, Colin Dunlap of 93.7. The fan, they're like, yeah, we've been hearing he, um, he broke his foot. So it's just like, why is a player allowed to stay in that kind of game with that kind of injury? Um, especially in a meaningless regular season game. Um, you know, that just, that makes no sense to me. Um, that's very very dumb and it's just it's been happening far far too often i think with this franchise um so i'm hoping murray is able to come in here and again put an end to that and also just figure out why the penguins of all teams continue to have these really just weird injuries you know year after year after year you know i you know i envy some of these other teams that don't go through nearly as many injuries as the penguins do you know and as soon as i you know tweeted about you know Murray coming in here and putting an end to the Penguins injury curse. I had a bunch of people replying, say, you know, Godspeed or good luck. And it's like, yeah, I mean, she she has her work cut out with her with that because <laughs> the Penguins, it, 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 they defy just all, all the laws of physics with it. Um, to be honest with you, so um, you know, I'm sure she's gonna you know do a great job. And you know, I'm curious to see, you know, will the, the number of injuries go down? next season you know now that you know she's running um you know this this staff with integrity performances as she's a senior vice president and all that stuff um she's also worked as a strength and conditioning coach for various teams and organizations she's worked with the anaheim ducks harford Wolfpack, um yukon cornell florida panthers um you know she she's she's been around uh, quite a bit to say least. so she has a ton of experience um congratulations to her um for accepting this uh position and yeah, I mean, I, I'm excited, you know, you know, I just, I'm, I'm, I've grown tired of seeing, you know, you know, Mike Madison, you know, miss a ton of games or, you know, just who, whoever player it is, you know, Jason Zucker, for instance, this season basically missed, it, it was at the time, it felt like it was three quarters of the season, even though he, he played in almost half the games, you know, I would love for him to stay healthy um, if he's on the team next year. Um, and, you know, We'll see. You know, I think this could only be seen as positive news, um, in my opinion. So um, that wraps up this second segment of the show. Coming up in the third segment, we're going to get into a little bit of Flyers news today. I know some people may be a bit scared to hear that, but I promise it does relate 
to the Penguins. So stick around for that coming up right um, after these messages. All right, I'm back here on this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. So, um, you know, the big news today on the other side of the state, John Tortorella officially hired as Philadelphia Flyers head coach. And, you know, it, it is going to be peak comedy seeing him and Mike Sullivan go at it four to five times a year for the next however many years. Um, Sullivan, as you all probably recall, you know, he is basically, you know, Torella's disciple, you know, he, or, you know, in Star Wars terms, he was kind of like his apprentice um, or Padawan a little bit. You know, he, he learned a lot of what he, you know, knows now from Torella because, you know, he was Tortorella's right-hand man for many years in New York um, and, and years before that too. So, you know, they, they do have a very special friendship. Um, but, you know, this could be the move that really gets the Battle of Pennsylvania back to being what it once was. And, you know, it, it's it's sad to see what the Flyers-Penguins rivalry has become. You know, maybe it's because it's been pretty one-sided um, after the Flyers won the series in 2012. Well, um, I shouldn't say that. The Flyers actually played the Penguins pretty tough in 2013, 2014, 2015. I think it got really yeah, – it started to get really out of hand during the 2015-16 season. I think the Penguins have had the better of the play against the Flyers um, for the last six years. Um, obviously, you know, they've had a lot more success than the Flyers have had during that time. I, I think I don't even – the last time the Flyers won a playoff series, um, got to say, I think it was 2011-2012, to be honest with you. Um, I, 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 I do not, I cannot even recall the last time before that run when they beat the Penguins and then they, um, lost to the Devils in the second round. I don't remember them winning a series since then. And, you know, I I think part of that, you know, that just, and plus the Penguins have gone on such, you know, big heights and the Flyers have just stayed mediocre or gone down a little bit. I think that's really killed the rivalry over the years. Um, I mean, I've, you know, I've talked to a lot of Penguins fans, um, you know, either, you know, off, uh, you know, uh, you know, that are my friends, you know, people that listen to this podcast and, you know, a lot of them have said, you know, they don't really hate the Flyers as much anymore because the, the rivalry is just not the same. I mean, it's not nasty. And, I, and I'm glad that, you know, we're not seeing a repeat of 2012 every night where uh, awful goaltending Aaron Ashams laying people out, James Neal's head hunting like a, a freaking clown. Um, you know, it doesn't have to be like that, but you know, I still once in a while, I still want to see, you know, an actual rivalry here because, you know, th- this used to be, I think one of the fiercest rivalries in hockey and now it's anything but that, you know, again, I, I know a lot of Penguins fans who hate the Washington Capitals a lot more than the Flyers. I, I know some people who hate the Rangers and the Islanders more than the Flyers. And, and that sounds weird to say just because of how storied the battle of Pennsylvania is with so many legendary moments between the two teams, you know, the 08 and 09 series, you know, the, the primo, the primo go in 2000, which I hate to bring up on this show, but it's a very legendary moment in the rivalry, the 2012 series, the other series in 2018 when the Penguins got the revenge on the Flyers. So many great regular season meetings between these two teams um, you know, the, the spectrum with the Penguins finally breaking their massive losing streak, you know, decades ago with Mary Lemieux there. Um, you know, it's it's a shame to see how far it's truly fallen. But I do think Torella is potentially going to get that rivalry, you know, going again. Um, I think of all the coaches in the NHL, he probably hates the Penguins 
um, more than anyone. I mean, remember, you know, he called Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin um, whiners. Um, I'm pretty sure that he started with New York. Definitely said it in Columbus. Um, you know, I, I, I you know, I, I'm not his biggest fan. You know, I, I definitely called him a clown and some other words that I will not repeat on the show. We we keep it PG here um, on Locked On Penguins. But you know, this is this could really get the rivalry going. And you know, I, I always love seeing how rowdy the crowd gets in Philadelphia, especially when uh, they're booing Cindy Crosby and doing the Crosby sucks chant. And, you know, even though the rivalry is not what it used to be right now, I mean, I, I still get to hear that every time he walks in there, but it's still not nearly as bad as you see. I mean, you remember, you got you back in the day, they, they used to bring pacifiers to Wells Fargo. They had signs that had Sid Photoshop with the pacifier on his mouth. They were ruthless towards the, the Penguins and their fans. Um, at the at the um, Wells Fargo Center, which formerly was the Wachovia Center, um, yeah, that was just some of those games were flat out legendary. You know, the the, the Kunitz hit on Kimo team and then from two thousand nine is still probably one of the biggest hits I think I've ever seen while watching the sport. Um, and you know, it's probably going to be a bit tough at first with getting the rivalry back, just because the Flyers are not that good right now. And I think you know it's going to take a lot of moves to get them back to being relevant again. But I still think today is the first step to getting this rivalry back on track because, you know, even when um, the games were nationally televised last year, who was going out of their way to really watch it? You know, outside of Penguins and Flyers fans. I mean, the arenas in Philadelphia was always dead. I mean, the team stunk. Even in Pittsburgh, you know, outside of Sidney Crosby's 500th goal, you know, the Penguins fans get rowdy just because they're still in one now mode. But you know, it's it's just it doesn't have the same feel to it as it did even just a few years ago, and I, I, again, I, I would love to see that um come back. You know, again, I don't need to see a bunch of dirty hits or them go back to being the Broad Street Boys like they were when Lindros was there and Bobby Clark and you know Chris Pronger back in the day, uh, Mike Richards, obviously Big Jeff Carter, um, Billy Leno, Sam uh, Sam not Sam Gagne, Simone Gagne. Um, you know, et cetera, et cetera, you know, um, no, we'll, we'll see, you know, this is, it's definitely going to be peak comedy when these two teams play. And I just, I can't wait to see what Tortorella says about the Penguins. Um, if they have either a questionable hit or they, you know, beat them. I just, I, I want to see what he says to the media after the, because he is always known for being very brash with them. But again, let's see. Let me know what you all think in the comments, and you know you can DM me this as well. Do you all think this will get the Flyers-Penguins rivalry back on track? Do you wish? Do you, I mean not wish? Do you miss um, the rivalry between these two teams on how it used to be, or are you comfortable with the status quo right now? Let me know in the comments. You can also message me on Twitter, Hunter Hodes, or the show's Twitter at @lownerscorepenguins. So that'll do it for this episode of the podcast. I will still have episodes Monday and Tuesday of next week. Uh, I will be on vacation, but again, the grind does not stop to say the least. On Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, I should be back in my normal spot back home um, in Richmond. So um, again, that'll do it for this one. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode. I really appreciate this. We're you know getting, getting through the month of June here before you all know it, it's going to be July and free agency and the draft are going to come. And then the show's going to be down to three days a week. Um, but again, thank you all so much for listening. I hope you all have a wonderful, wonderful Father's Day weekend. You know, get 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 your fathers a 
Penguins mug, Penguins wine glass, something, something Penguins related for Father's Day for all you Penguins fans that listen to this show. So again, thank you all so much for listening. I'll be back on Monday.